All right, this is the A. Um, this is Reg Clay. Usually I would have Norman G, but Norman G is busy. And this is actually a special. Um, we're, we're dedicating a, an old theater friend of ours, Jeff Thompson. He um, was a uh, an, uh, member of a group that I belonged, uh, East Enders Repertory Company. And he passed away this um, past Sunday. And I've got um, a couple of older East Enders, um, Craig Dickerson. He's Hello. been on the show before. And Hi, John Craig. Hutchinson. <laughs> Hi, Craig. Hey, John. Hutch, how you doing, Hutch? Rich. Okay, Rich, how are you? I'm doing good, and uh, thank you for joining me on this uh, Saturday morning. And um, Jeff Thompson, so, you know, uh, Norman and I, we talked about Jeff last, the last time we did the Yay, and um, there are a lot of folks who may not know who he was because Jeff really had his career earlier, I would think, in the uh, the... 80s, maybe even the 70s and the 90s, but he's not just uh, a friend of ours, but he was a part of the theater community, and I think the theater community is a community where people don't just want to be famous or want to have people applaud, but they want to be a part of something that belongs to them, a family of sorts. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've all been touched by Jeff. Let's just talk in general about, you know, I guess our memories of Jeff. When was the first time, Craig, that you met Jeff Thompson? Well, that's kind of funny. We were, um, uh, I'd just moved to the Bay Area. I think this is uh, in the late 80s, 88, 89. And I was just a, you know, young actor auditioning for anything. Uh, Back then, there was no, uh, um, you know, the way you found out about auditions was through TBA. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, or, or just going to theaters and seeing, you know, there's a call list. Exactly. You know, and just signing up and trying to get appointments and auditions and so forth. And since I really didn't know anybody here, I just kind of was auditioning for every, everything, anything that looked interesting, you know. And uh, auditioned for, uh, went, I think I went and did this. Uh, somebody was doing The Merchant of Venice. And... Uh, Okay. Yeah. A really lousy version of it. They were they had, instead of the Rialto, uh-huh. they were doing it in the in you know as the Bay Area, <laughs> <laughs> which no, seemed like a which seemed like a really bad idea. Yeah. And then um and then instead of ships, they were doing it was all about trucking. Oh my! <laughs> I know. And, and then they wanted me to be a Shylock, and I was just like. <laughs> What company was this? It was just one of those homespun kind of vanity projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which I guess we were all familiar with as Mm -hmm. actors who weren't really, you know, able to get into the the, even the minor leagues. Oh, sure. And so Jeff was at the audition, and uh, and he and I believe another actress, I forget her name, uh, but uh, he had friends at the audition because he was doing the same thing, just showing up and seeing what's what this is all about. Mm As soon as the, they heard the premise of this particular version of Merchant of Venice, they, they just bailed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was it, huh? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. No, this is a dumb idea. Yeah. And so they just bailed. And so, like, I, you know, but, and we were just sitting around auditioning together, so I didn't know Jeff then. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then um, I auditioned for, uh, the next play I auditioned for was uh, The Adding Machine. I don't know if people are familiar with that, but it's a, a kind of a 1920s or 30s expressionist, American expressionistic, Elmer Rice, <coughs> you know, kind of play, really weird play. And uh, so 
I got into that, and that's where I met Jeff and Chuck mm-hmm. and a whole host of people who would later become uh, Eastenders. And we all had, in fact, we all had such a good experience uh, working on that show together that we decided after the show closed that we were we're going to remain, you know, doing. We started doing play readings together, and we okay. started, and then we started <coughs> planning productions together, uh-huh. and so. Yeah, that was it. It was just kind of, we, we all bonded. Yeah. Wh- what time period is this again? This is like 1988, 89. Wow, wow. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Hutch? Uh, when was the first time you met Jeff? Uh, we coincidentally lived on the same street. I fell Avenue over here in Oakland. And uh, I had been given, uh, through a mutual friend, uh, the possible contact with him since he was uh, nearby. Didn't have a car, might need a ride because we were going to join a book group. Mm. And so it was through a book group in in San Francisco that I got to know him yeah. best, and also that, and of course, then through that, I was introduced to EastEnders, and that's been a wonderful experience. And he was uh, the virtual. Well, he wasn't the backbone, but he was definitely someone who was very strong contributor to the success of that particular repertory company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff was remarkable in the book group because he was always the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> I hated him. He always, <laughs> he always had the – he got to the nut and the grit of the book and what's it about. And I would be flailing around on the outskirts of what the meanings are and all that kind of stuff. And totally unpretentious, he always went right to the heart of the matter, picked out what was going on, and became more or less uh, the ad hoc leader of the book group. There were about six or seven of us that sat around the table there. Yeah. Uh, Sherry Krinsky was one of the uh, members of that book group, uh, and she was not a member of EastEnders or the theater group I was in, but she was very much uh, part of that aspect of Jeff's uh, life. And I had a picture on my refrigerator that I just came across the other day uh, when we were at Sherry's after a book group, and she'd just given birth. And Jeff insisted on holding the baby because he really had an affinity toward kids. And oh, I didn't know that part of him, yeah. Oh, much more so than me. Reluctantly, <laughs> I stood by the side of him. And while he held the baby, I was kind of standing there. But it was a great picture of, of the, that kind of loving gesture that, that he showed toward that wow, kid. Wow, know? wow. What, what time period, um, this whole book club thing, uh, what time period were we talking about? Um, that was the early 90s. Early 90s, got it, yeah. I came to the Bay Area in 97 and really didn't know that there was a theater community until maybe 99 um, when, I don't know if you guys remember um, Yahoo, um, uh, no, not Yahoo, uh, AOL. AOL would have these bulletin boards, and someone put up a bulletin board saying, hey, I'm starting a theater group, and that was a group called Bay Stage, and you guys may not know Bay Stage. It was a guy named Michael Tower who had, um, he was one to start a group. And that got me connected with uh, Bob Zick and and um, Travis Bedard and uh, Darcy. I don't know if you know those folks, but um, uh, Bob Zick wound up getting involved with um, EastEnders around 2003. And that was when I got connected with EastEnders, with the production of Sick and Wonder of the World. Um, that's where the Joseph Leonardi and Kate Dunlop was involved in that. Uh, she's now Kate Tomaston now. Um, and that draw me in, that drew, and of course, Deb Carriker had directed Wonder. And uh, I got, an, and uh, Jeff 
<clears throat> was involved with uh, EastEnders at the time. And you're right. Um, he reminded me, it's funny, when you were talking about the book club, Jeff did remind me of a um, Roger Ebert. <laughs> or like a Roger very, Ebert. Very type. much so. Yeah. Uh, physically as well as... Uh, <laughs> exactly. Where he would, you know, just cut right to the chase, you know, what... what Worked, what doesn't work, whatever. Chuck would always say, if you're going to critique something, you know, say something positive about it, say something negative about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Try to mix a little sugar with the, you know, the crap, yeah. if, if you know what I mean. But yeah. Jeff would cut right into it, not not to disparage anyone, but just to say, listen, this is what the real deal is. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the memories that I have of Jeff. And the production that I worked with Jeff um, was um, Fear and Misery in the Third Reich, which was 2007. And uh, he was a bit older then, but we did judicial process where I was a prosecutor and he was a judge. Mm-hmm. And there were some pictures. I think I posted some pictures on Facebook. But uh, that was a nice um, that was a nice mem- and that was a nice um, collaboration because mm-hmm. it involved almost a, a lot of members of EastEnders. I think Christina Wren was involved. Carolyn Doyle was involved. You were involved, Craig. Yeah, it was a, it was a big Ch- it was a big Cross. crew. It was a big crew <coughs> and a big big show that Susan Evans directed. Yeah. Yeah. Both Susan and Chuck. Yes, because yeah. there was a lot of meat. It was episodic. I don't know if you it's a Bertolt Brecht play. Yeah. It's a series of one acts. No, no. Yeah. yeah. It's like it was like uh, all based upon like, you know, what was happening uh, you know, in in, in Germany and the Oh, yeah, is that the one that played at the Jewish Center over exactly. in Berkeley? We did at the oh, yeah, Jewish I saw that. And we did I the Traveling I Jewish Theater and the Community Center. Yeah, I poured coffee, and intermission coffee. That one. Sure, sure. Yeah, That's it, right. It, yeah. was, it was grueling. It was about two and a half hours of just Oh, like yeah. yeah. A, and a, not only. A, but a, a Brecht. <laughs> I know. But so well received. I they mean, were, you guys had turn around, turn away audiences. We, it was a real sensitive uh, production. And mm-hmm. Difficult, oh, difficult, yeah, difficult, yeah. but I think, yeah, it was, people in Difficult space, too. You know, that was one thing about EastEnders, and that was you made do with what you had and didn't have a definite theater that we would perform in. And you guys would find the way around it with uh, the places we performed in. And and everybody did everything. I mean, you said you were pouring coffee there. Oh, man, sure, I was pouring coffee. And one time I went shopping for lights with Chuck. Yeah. And and I learned all about backstage stuff that way. It mm-hmm. was a wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah everybody did everything. Um, <coughs> um, Jeff was, a, you know, Jeff was encouraged to direct, to write, to act. Yeah. And, uh, Speaking and of direction, every, everybody ran light board. Everybody built yeah. sets. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of that kind of thing. Uh, Easterners had a workshop for directing, and Jeff was in that. As I think Susan. Mm-hmm. Evans was the one who ran it. Right. And uh, you were given an assignment and then told, okay, how would you set this stage for this particular scene? And I found out how woe-begone my talents are <laughs> in that regard. No I, I'm an actor. <clears throat> I'm not a director. I could never be a director because dre- Jeff just could go out and dress the stage mm. and effortlessly just he had that instinct for where everybody should be to run the scene and all, and, and it was something that I'd never really seen operate uh, so f- elementary as it was, but yet so perfect. He was just, wow. he, he, his, he had talents, no kidding, yeah. that were never really truly tapped. Uh, did he did he direct any plays? I believe so. I, I can't name them off the bat. I'm sure he did. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he did. But we were we were all kind of challenged to do this. Yeah, yeah. Know, to, yeah. to kind of like and, <coughs> and encourage. You know, if you had a if you had like a yin, mm-hmm. you know, 
saying, you know, there was there were plays I wanted to direct, and you know, I would petition. So mm-hmm. like, I, I want to do this thing, and and and, and, and so <laughs> and everybody, everybody kind of like jumped on board, and were were encouraged to yeah. to try new stuff. You you, know? you directed a play that I will never forget, which was a Samuel Beckett piece, and I ran the sound yeah. for it, yeah. the, the the rocking chair. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that worked out all right. Yeah. Well, no, that, that's not the point. I mean, that's the kind of challenge we were encouraged to take on. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a lot of meat on a little bone there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The rotten chair. I also remember Jeff. He did uh, the Informer. Um, yeah. That was the Brett piece. I think he and Susan Kendall. And uh, do you remember Dash Dashel Hillman? That's right. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was. A, he's not a kid anymore, but yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, that was a nice little piece. And you know, seeing him. Um, as the you know the the husband husband wife role yeah yeah. Where'd y'all do that? That was a uh, um I think that was part of the um the virtual Brecht thing. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. that show got legs and and you know had more than one performance. Yeah, we yeah. did. We did. Or, we did one um yeah. at in San Francisco at the Traveling Jewish Theater, which was a bit a bit of a better venue. The one you're talking about, Hutch. That was the Jewish Community Center, yeah. where we had to place out chairs and yeah. do the coffee and all that sort of stuff, and uh, that that was very cool. I also remember another fun memory of Jeff, um, Discover New Voices. Uh, Chuck had also a playwriting um, workshop, yeah. workshop, yeah. and uh, we would have uh, readings of new pieces, and he had a piece called Thin Walls, oh, which yeah. was sort of oh, an bi- yeah. autobiography. Yeah. Excuse me, an biography, and he, he felt play. very, very passionate mm-hmm. about that. R- very um, idyllic, basically just about him and his mom, and I think growing up in uh, the apartment complex and the different characters within that apartment complex. Yeah. 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 yeah speaking, he, he was very close to his mom. Yes. Uh, you remember that because <clears> you were there at, when he was saying goodbye to his mother, weren't you? And, and uh, yes. those last days. Yes. He was really. <laughs> Very yeah. much so. Yeah. Well, they, they, I think they grew up together, him and, and we called her Sandy. Her name mm. was Pearl, but she went by Sandy. And uh, and they were they grew up together. Um, uh, well, he grew up with his mother and they. Yeah, it's interesting you they, say it they, that well, way. Well, they, you know, but they, uh, I mean, they were more than just a uh, uh, mother and child. They were they were like best friends. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he took care of her. Um, yeah, that's right. She yeah. wasn't doing too well in the last years. Last, yeah, yeah, she became kind of homebound, and he he dedicated uh, you know his life to kind of like taking care of her. And uh, you incredible. Know, yeah, yeah, being being her caregiver as well as her son, and yeah, you know, and friend and so forth. <clears throat> and so when she did, when she did pass, it was it, it, I think it was a real blow. You know? yeah, truly, yeah. But uh, but uh, but I also wanted to um, talk. <laughs> A mm-hmm. little bit about uh, about Jeff's uh, playwriting, uh, yeah. which uh, not only was involved with our theater company that we all worked at at Eastern's, but uh, he, uh, he 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 co-wrote uh, a couple of cool plays uh, that which were done at no that thing you can move which, that which, thing which were done at mm-hmm. at, at Josie's. Uh, oh yeah, that was the history and, that I and, was uh, totally I came along too late, which for, was kind of Bay Area, um, you know. Gay theater, yeah. uh, uh, kind of kind of place that, you know, back in the day there were so many theater companies and so many cabarets and so forth. Josie's was kind of a, in the Castro, a cabaret kind of a place where people could go and like, you know, do their stuff. And he and Joseph Leonardi wrote, 
a couple of versions, which was done in Josie's. I think another version was done at Theater Rhino in their basement. Uh, back when they were on 16th Street, he did a they, they co-wrote a Gay Honeymooners. Ah, <laughs> that's funny. Which was just wow. hysterical, and you know, and you know Joseph. Well, you know he was he was just kind of he was kind of the art carny. Yeah, and I and, believe and, it. And Jeff was the the Jackie Gleason. The, yeah. Sure, and perfect match. And they and and they co-wrote and produced these these shows, and they were hilarious, <laughs> absolutely hilarious. It was kind of was like, any of that captured on film or I video don't, or anything? I don't know. I'm sure. Oh, I'm what sure a we, shame! I'm sure we can find. I'm sure we can. I'm sure that yeah. you know, Chuck yeah. was, Chuck was uh, kind of avid about you know having documentation of of all these things. So yeah. Chuck, uh, Chuck Polly, by the way, is yeah. no longer with us. He was one of right, the right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we keep referring to Chuck like, yeah, like he's <laughs> yeah, sitting, like he's sitting well, next that's to us. What we yeah. Feel. yeah, we've talked so much. I mean, I've done. I think this is episode 103 of VA, and we've talked at nauseum about Chuck Polly and EastEnders, and so I'm sure a lot of folks. But yeah, EastEnders is a defunct company. Uh, I think uh, in 2000, I want to say nine or ten, was when we closed our doors, but. It was a community, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about Je- not only Jeff, but this past week has been really strange. There have been uh, several losses. Um, Norman G., uh, he teaches young kids, and one of his students um, who was studying theater, he was shot and killed. Uh, um, oh, my and He was a freshman at Uf- U- USC, uh-huh. and he was shot and killed um, Actually, I think it was in oh his senior God. year. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah. Very well-known, very well-respected mm-hmm. kid in the community. Huge, yeah. huge funeral. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, uh, Colin Johnson. Colin Johnson is a um, he is a, a set builder. He's a lighting designer, set designer. He's worked with uh, Off-Broadway West. Um, his mother uh, just passed away, and so I wanted to uh, – that happened this week. Also, um, um Robert Alexander, that's uh, Norman told me about him. He's a playwright, and his 23-year-old daughter um, passed away in her sleep. Um, so there have been losses, and I just wanted to sort of expand on just how important the theater community is, especially when we deal with people who we've worked with. I mean, sometimes we're hired guns. We get a script, we get cast, we do the show, and then, boom, we're gone. But a lot of people join, theater com- join the theater community to be part of a family Sometimes a family greater than the family we already have, and I'm sure Jeff applies to that. You know, especially after his mom passed away. Even before then, um, yeah. The the no, I think uh, I think that those who you know know Jeff or you, Reg, or, or the number of you know theater uh, folks that you've interviewed mm-hmm. um, throughout this time that you've been doing this. Yeah. You know, I think everybody can kind of say the same thing that we. You, know, you you meet people, you bond with them, and they, and and yeah, a lot of times they become your surrogate, surrogate family mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, you know, and you get to know these people and work with them and love them, and uh, yeah, that kind of that just translate. I think I think that can translate to a lot of people. Yeah, you know, and I think um, I mean where would you know? I think that uh, I'm so happy that the last days of Jeff's life. I mean, I'm, I spent time with Jeff. You guys have spent more time with Jeff than I did, but the last time that I spent with him was uh, Christmas. <clears throat> you know, we all went to, um, I think it was Scott's. To uh, No, it wasn't Scott's. It was, uh, I know it was on Jacqueline Square, but yeah. it was one of the restaurants, and right. uh, we had a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. It was Susan Evan. I'm sorry, Susan Kendall, um, you, me, Jeff. Yeah. And yeah. you guys, I think you went to uh, an Oscars um, party. 
Yeah, I, I was uh, at uh, Jeff's Oscar party the, the Sunday before he passed away. Mm, that yeah, was, that was kind of one of his traditions. Or it was indeed. He yeah. was a big, big fan. He followed it closely. That that was one place where we truly got together because I too am an Oscar nut, and uh, I would bring my huge coffee table book of Oscar awards, <laughs> and wow. we would go through there and we yeah. would check. Well, who won Best Picture in 1943? Who was the Best Supporting Actress for what movie? And, you know, sure. that, that sort of detail. And the guy could hold tremendous detail, mm. much more than I could, as far as dates and times and all that sort of thing. Wow. So it was great fun. And uh, he was more or less happy with the outcome of the Oscars this time, uh, although he really was uh, a strong supporter of Spike Lee. Mm. And wanted uh, KKK to win, but uh, what oh. can you do? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, Spike Lee did win uh, Best Original screen Screenplay. Screenplay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. But um, And when was the last time you spent with uh, Jeff? Um, we took him, I think he, he, Susan and uh, Campbell and I took him out. To, he wanted to go to a sushi place uh, yeah. for his birthday. This was about, like, I guess a little bit after his birthday, mid-Feb- yeah. mid-February or so. You guys went to an Elvis Costello concert, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that was fun back in December. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, no kidding. I was, know he was a big fan. He was. He was. Just like, That's one of the first things we figured out we had in common, him and I. And so, you know, things were going kind of south with his health over the last couple of mm-hmm. years, Jeff. So, um, but he was, like, really determined to kind of, like, you know, kind of pull it around. And so... I gave him the Elvis Costello challenge. I said, you know, if you get better, enough better, you're going to a concert. We're going to go to Marines Memorial. We're going to we're going to see this. Uh, we're, we're, or wasn't it? It was the Masonic Temple, up, you know, up on California Avenue. Sure, sure. And I said, you're going to get there. We're going to go. And and you know, at that time, it, you know, when I bought the tickets, it seemed ludicrous. But yeah, I mean, because he was, you know, he's just really not feeling good. No, no. And, but he, man, he, he brought it around. I can't believe it because I used to drive in the movies, you know, right, uh, after right, he, when right. he was no longer able to get around too comfortably. Right. And it would take him, he was so bad, he, it would take him for, forever just to get up a curb. Oh, yeah. You know, he was so limited by yeah. his, his yeah. spinal problem. Yeah. And to take him to Elvis Costello, how did you handle something like that? Do they have ramps and dude, elevators? Dude, and dude, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. And the seats you got? Front row. Uh, oh, well. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah. Great. Great. Said, you know, he, 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 I remember the, the night we were going, he was, like, really freaked out. And he's like, I can't do this again. I was like, yes, you can. And Good uh, for you, Craig. And, yeah, gonna, great. and he got really nervous. And, 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 and I was like, dude, we're going to go. And uh, they're gonna, you're going to be in a wheelchair. You're going to be treated like a rock star. We're going to get front. <laughs> we're going to get front row seats. You know, if you want to go get a coke or use the restroom, we're going to cut in line. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was just like, really, really, and I was like, yes, really. And so, wow, we that's wow. piled the wheelchair and the walker and yeah. everything in the car. And just like, we're doing it. Jeez, that's no, wonderful. No getting around, No getting away from this. And, wonderful. And we had a blast. Yeah, I bet we had a blast. And uh, in fact, his. Yeah. His call letters on his email have uh, cost yeah, Elvis. I think so. Yeah. Elvis something. No, that's oh, what, wow. that, that's something. That's something, uh, and that's a, something he shared with uh, a number of his friends. I think. Uh, I think other other folks too. Mm-hmm. You know who you know. It's so funny thinking about the movies and you know how what a fan he was. There was a time, and you know this was before you know, you know Jeff had trouble with his legs and so forth. I think he always had some trouble with his legs, but there was a time where he would go see every single movie 
that was playing. It, wow. it was really difficult because he had totally Catholic tastes with small C. He'd see anything. Anything. And he'd say, John, I'm going to go see this, that, and it was sci-fi. I said, I don't do sci-fi, you know? Yeah. Or I'm going to go see another one of those uh, movies with animated movies. I said, Jeff, I don't do animated. I do film noir <laughs> yeah. and comedies. And that's it. Yeah. But he would go and he would see them and he would drink in the, the yeah. plot and he would know about it. And yeah. I mean, there was a uh, – they still do this. It's sort of the frame line, which is – Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. – I don't know how many movies do they show. Oh, man, it's that's a festival. right. That, mm-hmm. It was incredible. Oh, it's a festival they do in San yeah. Francisco. I think there must be – I think it just must be a, a tremendous amount of movies. He would see every one. Yeah. When the Exit Theater would be doing their Fringe Festival. Yes, yeah, Francisco oh, Fringe. That's another thing. And, yeah. and, uh, and, I mean, everybody knew Jeff as a patron of the arts. I mean, Christina, who, who ran the theater, John Fisher ran the Rhino. You know, Jeff would go see every single show. And if you were in a show, he'd be there. You know? Yeah. yeah opening night, if possible. You know, mm-hmm. he was such a supporter. Was, yeah, he really and, was. And, and such a booster. True. You know, for, you know, even when he wasn't an actor on stage, he was there for everyone. Mm-hmm. Such a, you know, such a loyal uh, theater patron. Uh, Absolutely. As, as well as, a, you know, a supporter of all these, all these arts. Yeah. Uh, and another thing he also did was, like, he connected with people. He, you know, he's the kind of guy who would burn up the telephone. You know, mm-hmm. we ne- we needed audiences. He'd be burning up the telephone. Nice, nice. You know, I didn't know that about the, that kind of uh, phone mm-hmm. work. That's great. I mean, yeah, we'd, we'd say like, Jeff, we don't have any. We, need, we don't have any audience this weekend. Mm-hmm. Get on the phone, and he he would he 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 just do it. I mean, you know, there was a. I, mean, I think he just loved talking to people, and he loved. Oh yeah. And he yeah. and he loved interacting with folks. If he didn't he, hear from you in a while, he'd bug you until you called him back. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've always had the sense that when I came into EastEnders, it was during a transition period where there were a lot of the veteran EastEnder members who were leaving, and sort of new blood were coming in. We tried to sustain it, but it didn't quite work. I mean, it was sort of a transition between, it was the aughts, where um, I guess um, a new, I don't know, just a new vibe. I mean, I, I, I think there was a sort of decline in the old... Just, just old Bay Area theater, and I think Jeff sort of represented what it was. I don't know back in the day, like you talked about, uh, uh, um, you know, doing the the uh, the honeymooners, that sort of stuff. I, I just don't see that sort of stuff happening now. Well, it was a it was kind of unique experience and a unique time. Absolutely, and also there was another thing you guys were involved in called the, the women or something like that, or the women. Not women in love, but women at war. Something that he put together back sure. then in the eighties. That oh, was somebody I'll have to refresh on. Yeah, yeah. 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 Josie's, and uh, it was just known by so many people around the Bay Area that you mm-hmm. could mention to them, and they say, "Oh yeah, I saw that." Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I think Chuck tried to incorporate that. I guess that that in, in within EastEnders. Um, it was a constantly evolving thing. Sure. Yeah. I know Susan Evans had her image of what theater was, and Chuck had his. Like, you know, I think about the Twilight stories when, when it comes to Chuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, his, I guess, uh, not just talking about an autobiography of himself, but also what it is to be a young gay boy in, I don't know, the Midwest. Appalachia. Yeah, Appalachia. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thinking Jeff tried to bring that up with Thin Walls, mm-hmm. being a young gay boy. Yeah, telling in, his, telling in his story. Yeah. yeah. 
telling yeah. his story and his, his perspective. Yeah. Was there a time I had heard a rumor that he was naked during the production? <coughs> did he do a show where he was naked? <coughs> I believe so. I believe they did a. Uh, I think he did a version of T-shirts. Yeah, and that was uh, Rhino, wasn't it? Uh, uh, Rhino or Josie's, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's just like you, Reg. You did the naked <laughs> one. So he's in the sure, one. yeah, statements. But I was wondering what, what show he did. And I think he did a version of, um, it was a Tennessee Williams play, um, The Last Days of Queens. Yes, that was uh, the, in, the Rhino, in the Rhino venue as well. I forget if that was... Uh, EastEnders, or if it was John Fisher, yeah. because John Fisher and and uh, mm-hmm. Chuck, had, I mean, yeah, uh, Jeff had because uh, I know a East, bond, yeah, of sorts. yeah, yeah. yeah. EastEnders East did a version of it. I think Craig Souza did the EastEnders version, but I think there was an earlier version before my time, probably at the Rhino, where uh-huh. Jeff Jeff did that. Hmm. So there was a time where Jeff was on the stage, and he was just, you know, he was he was a vital, yeah. vital part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you talk about uh, him and Frameline and going to the 30 movies in a, a two-week period. He would always come away from those sessions having met somebody new. He made <laughs> friends so easily. Yeah, that's cool. true. Yeah. 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 And, uh, he was uh, like you, Reg, you know, just incredibly engaging. Is that Absolutely. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah very yeah. much. It very well. It was just, you know, when you talk about him on the phone and jumping up people to come to see the place and all, yeah. he, he was one of his – Talents was a salesman because he mm. he was in sales there. Remember when he was selling, I forget book. <laughs> I don't know. Your books or something. He, hmm. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. I always knew he was an I. I know he worked for the IRS, but I think he did some like oh, we, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. That, that was not a happy experience. Some three initial man. Hmm. <laughs> no, no, the happy experience. Yeah. Well, what it gave him was very good health benefits and, sure. a, and a decent retirement. But the day-by-day grind of that job just wore him down. Interesting. I didn't know that. Well, hey, I hear you. You know, that's that's another reason why we embrace theater so much because, you know, it it gives us a break from the day jobs, you know. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I'm so glad that we're, you know, um, when we – there are, peop- there are people who are on stage who are like, you know, the it, you know, like uh, I've interviewed a lot of millennials these days. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm in it. I'm involved and I'm going to I'm gonna go to Hollywood. Or I'm going to do a YouTube thing. And, you know, their their theater experience is vibrant and it's right there. Like we had a guy, Terrence Smith, on who's a young millennial black actor. And he was like, oh, yeah, I did my McDonald's commercial and. You know, I want to go to I'm going to go to Broadway, and I've, and he's got team. You know, he's got an agent. He's and he's well on his way. And when we get older, when you know, let's say the the fire sort of either burned out or is so dim that people have sort of moved on, we sort of forget about you know those folks. But we have to remember, you know, they're, they're still. You know, you, we shouldn't forget about those folks. I mean, you know, Jeff is still a part of but the you see, theater. L- l- let me just say this about sure. that. There's something that I, I got a little chip on my shoulder. Sure. What those kids are doing is they're monetizing their talent. Yes. They're talking about YouTube. They're talking about Broadway. Yeah. They're not talking about what's happening now here where yeah. we are. Yeah. And that's what EastEnders was. It was here and now presented for the community. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about the rest of you. You know, were we going to go on to Broadway or no? Uh, 
we were here for another reason. Right. Not to monetize our talents by saying, oh, we get on YouTube and get so much money and that sort of stuff. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It just it, it, it upsets me a little bit. I hear you. And it, and it draws the question, you know, why are you involved in theater? You know, what is theater? Is it just a means? Is it a stepping stone to Hollywood, Broadway, or whatever? Is it a means to an end? Or is it a community? I mean, did you did you feel one way, Craig, you know, when you were young and, and vibrant and, and all that stuff? I mean... Well, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, John, but, you know, when I came here, I, I, I really didn't know much about this area. I just knew that, the, you know, this would be a nice place for me. I was like 22, 23, something like that. And I came here and got involved, started getting involved in, in, in theater and the kind of community that was here. And this was uh, at the height of the AIDS crisis. And so... The people that I was interacting with, I started, you know, doing gay theater because, hey, you know, that's what that's where the roles were, and uh, and people were lamenting. There's this crisis going on. People are, you know, actors are just, you know, dying, hmm. just dying, and uh, and 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 there was such an outrage about like, why isn't anybody helping? You know, this is a real thing. You know, this is this is these are our brothers and sisters, and I walked into a family. A mm-hmm. theater family wasn't my theater family, but I was kind of entering into it, and they were in crisis mode. At the same time, uh, the arts funding in San Francisco was being gutted. Oh, you know, good old I, Reagan. I, yeah, well, yeah. The, the, I, I mean, I, I'd audition for the Eureka Theater, and then it went belly up. I'd audition for the Magic Theater, and then it had <laughs> turmoil. I mean, Jesus. you know, there was just this constant, and so people, small groups like Eastenders, were kind of like, you know, getting together writing grants, trying to kind of like just hold a theater. Our responsibility, our reaction was like, you know, people are dropping out like flies from AIDS. You know, the funding for for the arts is being gutted. Um, you know, nobody could afford to work. Nobody, you know, in, as an actor here. And nobody could really, you know, sustain, you know. Um, and what we wanted, what we needed was this kind of fellowship and family just to do theater. And, and and to respond to this crisis and say like you know you know this is not this is not going to happen to us now we can look around these days and say like gee I guess there's a crisis <laughs> I think there is anybody who you know is not you know honestly drawing breath can't deny it right, we're, we're in a right. crisis right yeah. now but how are how are the arts and how are our community are responding to it John you said like these young bucks are are monetizing their talent but. You know, I'm hopeful that, you know, through, you know, this kind of outreach, you know, remembering, you know, remembering our time in, you know, in the arts and, and remembering the, yeah. the friends and the bonds that we've made over the years, yeah. you know, that that will kind of inspire, you know, so, you know, you know, the, the, the next generation of, of, of people are going to be outraged by stuff and, right. and need to find, you know, some kind of community with each other yeah. in some way. One, one of the cool things about EastEnders that I miss, um, you know, we have the wonder years of, of uh, either queer theater or political theater the or one act, sex acts. Yeah. The, the one act thing. Ten by ten, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but there, there was a social element to what we were doing, and I sort of see a little bit of that now. Good. Especially with uh, what's happening with um, – the um, the border crisis. Well, they call it a crisis. Trump says it's a crisis. You know, we have an epidemic of illegal immigrants coming. I don't think there's an epidemic at all. I think he's something that he's creating himself. But I'm seeing theater 
writers and companies like, hey, we need to write about this. We need to be an activist and use theater to talk about how we feel. Mm -hmm. I felt the same way. There was another guy who passed away, Mike Ward, um, who ran a group called the ISIS Arts Collective. And this is during the um, the George W. Bush and the uh, the Iraq War. And we ran a, uh, a theater, uh, a series of one acts to talk about being against the Iraq War. And um, and that's the sort of theater that I that speaks to me. It's a theater that's not just about me, 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 me. And, uh, you know, you know, uh, I don't know um, when people some people go to the theater to be entertained. You know, give me Annie, get your gun or give me Oklahoma or, you know, just give me something nice and light. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lion King at SHN and all that sort of stuff. But then there are those who are like, hey, this speaks to me. This is about me. And I think EastEnders was about that. And uh, as far as the community is concerned, yeah, you know, um, it's not just so much about, you know, let me uplift myself, but let me be a part of something a, a group of people who are working and bonding with me. You know, we didn't just appear on stage, but we built sets. We painted sets. We hung lights. We weren't the, we only, did lights we weren't the only theater who did that. Uh, but right. Yeah, there was, I mean, there, and Jeff kind of interacted with a lot of different uh, theater groups, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just us, but a lot of people, because he was kind of interested in everyone. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. So we tapped out of it. Um, but I, I think... Um, Yes, you know, this is just a, a dedication, and we've hit the half-hour mark. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, uh, how are you doing, Hutch? You know, are you uh, are you itching to get back on stage <laughs> or, or get back into writing? Uh, you know, I uh, ran across a DVD the other day uh, of a musical I was in in San Francisco. I didn't know you sang. That's right, you do sing, because you're, you're part well, of the choir, right? Well, don't ask for anything this morning, but it yeah. was called Sex Tapes for Seniors. <laughs> and uh, the, the fellow who... That was the name of the musical. That was the name of the musical. <laughs> That's catchy. Yeah. You know, I'll remember Sex that. Sex Tapes for Seniors. Uh, it didn't go anywhere. He was hoping we would all go to Broadway, you know, because that was another little thing they would put mm-hmm. under your skin. When you'd go to audition and they would talk to you later and say, listen, come along, we're going to Broadway with this, you know, that sort of <laughs> thing. So when I was talking about monetizing, I was easily seduced, ah. easily seduced. Ah. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at that, Reg, and I was saying, you know, John, you can't sing, you can't, and you look terrible on the screen. And so that is such a discouraging oh, experience. Yeah. yeah, it is, because, well, that's the way actors are. I don't know. Maybe you're a better actor than I am in that way, but every time I see myself perform, I say, man, I really messed that one up. You know, yeah, that, I think we're all that way. I, I, I need I to stand, you know, what, what, yeah. where's my posture and stuff like that. <laughs> because, well, anyway, so, so yeah. that was my experience with, mm-hmm. with that. Where I am right now is I am where I am, and I'm happy. There you go. And I did a, a reading the other day in the city for, right for something that uh, – I don't know if anything's going to happen to it. I really don't care. It was just so good to get out. Nice, nice. You know, now my 82 years, I'm kind of saying, well, take it a little easy, Hutch, yeah. and, you know, watch. So I'm a big fan of Turner Classic Movies. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. That's there where you'll you find me. Yeah. That's where I am, Reg. That's where I am. Well, cool. And, uh, Craig, you were involved in a reading. Um, well, just, yeah, just putting my foot back in the water. But, you know, having fun. Good, you know, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah. 
Well, all right. Well, uh, let, we'll uh, tamper it down. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, this is uh, an unusual yay, but I think it's one that gives respect to, uh, to Jeff and really anyone who is involved in uh, the theater community who has experienced any sort of loss. You know, um, we are a family um, where uh, we try to uplift each other. There was a, someone who posted online on Facebook about. Damn it! I'm being rejected for a role. I went out for this thing, and I just, I'm just, I just don't know what's happening. And she was, it was a woman in her 40s, and she was just frustrated, frustrated. Mm-hmm. And finally, she landed a role with uh, Ray of Light Theater, and now she's very happy. But, you know, we, 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 uh, we embrace each other. You know, sometimes we vent to each other, and um, I'd like to think that this community is one where we don't just do something, get off stage, and then that's it. We tear the set down. And we just go on with our own individual lives. That's something we can hold on to, uh, the memories, you know. The proverbial set for Jeff Thompson's life has been torn down. The set's been struck. But we still hold on to his memories, so. Well, you know, he was a a man who had, like, you know, a lot of things that, you know, enchanted a lot of people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know know we can all say maybe it was bittersweet. Sure. Maybe sometimes with him. But one of the things that one of the things that he encouraged with, within me, Jeff, was be true to yourself. Yeah, you know, just be true to yourself because he he didn't blush a whole lot, and uh, and he you know he he really encouraged a lot of people just to just to be who they were, and you know I'm sure as you know this reaches people uh, you know this broadcast and uh, the people I've talked with over the last week. You know, it's brought together a lot of really, really people I haven't talked to in years and years. Sort of like what we said to the, today when we saw each other, Hutch. It's just like, you know, this is this is a damn lousy reason to see you, but it's good to see you. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and I I I, I get I hear stories and, and I and I I remember memories when I when, you know, when I run into these folks. And it, this is going to keep on going because Jeff had a lot of friends. He had a lot of friends, and he yeah. came from a very interesting background. He came from the projects in San Francisco. That's right. And he did not have a lot. He did not have a lot of emotional support because his father was gone. This guy's a virtual orphan. Him and his mother, uh, he wasn't a virtual orphan because, of course, the close thing was his mother. Well, I always think it was just as his sister or anything. Yeah. But anyway, they right. they struggled, and they made it, and they kept going. Mm. And his, to- his story uh, needs to be fleshed out quite sure. a bit. Sure, sure. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and He's a very generous right man here. with a lot of grit, man. Oh, but absolutely. Just, but just as, just as generous sweet. to a fault. Just as sweet, and he always had this cherubic, boyish oh, look yeah. about him. Yeah. 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 It was really yeah. great. It took some patience. <laughs> <laughs> I said bittersweet, didn't I? Yeah. You said bittersweet. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah. All right. No, I mean, yeah, he wasn't, it was, he wasn't a Pollyannish guy from <laughs> no a, a Sherwood Schwartz <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. sitcom. I mean, you know, he did have some rough edges, but, you know, he was passionate. He was very passionate, and he would tell you, you know, hey, listen, this something wrong with the script or there's something wrong like I remember when I did the reading for Thin Walls I played the lead character which is odd <laughs> being a black guy playing him when he was a kid but I enjoyed it yeah. and um, I remember this is probably a not so but there was one audience member was like oh I don't know I don't think a 14 year old would be that intelligent and Jeff just snapped. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I was that intelligent. I, nearly, I did say that. I, know, I, know, I nearly did a spit take right there. Was, See, uh, that's uh, what uh, got uh, him through grade school and, and junior high. 
he was the first hand that went up. Yes. He knew the answer and yeah. screw you. That was where he yeah. was truly competitive. He <laughs> was incredibly smart. Yeah. 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 Incredibly but he was very he was very passionate. I remember that and I was like, Jeff, be easy on the audience member. But he was he was it was just his passion. Yeah. But in any case, yes. And uh, th- another thing that you got to say is that the guy had a true heart. Yes. He had a dear friend. I think his name is Michael. Mm-hmm. I forget his name. They were very, very close mm-hmm. through the years. Mm-hmm. And when Michael died quite unexpectedly of a heart attack in his 50s, I think. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, I've never seen anyone so moved and emotional and caring. Mm-hmm. And it was tremendous. Burden. They were really tight. They really he tight. did yeah. not I skimp on the emotion. I remember Michael. And, I yeah. remember, and in fact, I saw his, uh, his his wife the other day because you know, Debbie. I mean, you know, uh-huh. yeah. So you know, we've you know, it was sort of like going back, you know, to when Michael was alive and then before that. And oh, I bet. You know, and it was that's it, a whole story. In yeah, the yeah. There's a there's there's a lot of people who have, like I said, there's a lot of people I've connected with over the last week who have a lot of. Who have a lot of memories that they that they want to kind of like, you know, they're kind of gripped with, and, mm-hmm. and you know, hopefully, you know, we can all find each other, or find the find the find who we need to talk to, you know, right, and and be around because we were a family, we were Jeff's family. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know, the county is taking care of his house and remains because he has nobody. And really, I was going to wonder how. Yeah, you know. it's it, it's it's sort of a. Well, I guess it would be sad if he was alive, but, you know, it's just kind of, you know, we, you know, just reminds me that we were Jeff's family. The people who are here talking about him and sharing their memories, we were his family, and uh, he was ours. Yeah, and he was loyal to his family, and he expected his family to be loyal to him. Of Mm -hmm. course. He would not... No, you know, no. forgive bastards easily <laughs> at all, you know. Yeah, yeah. He would let you know. He would say, so-and-so hasn't called me in a month. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's track of that. I know. Yeah. Or he did, yeah. Funny, funny. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, this little, um, this little tidbit of a podcast uh, should honor his memory. And really, anyone who has ever had to uh, share a loss within the theater community, um, that's what that's why I, I have this podcast to not only share, you know, the uh, the the bright spots of theater and, of course, promoting shows, but also, um, you know, prom- um, dedicating, you know, uh, the lives of the people who share a bit of their their lives. You know, we, we expose ourselves all the time when we step on stage, and so I think um, people should understand the sacrifices that we make. And um, even though you may not have seen them with someone on stage for a long time, they're still they're still around, you know. In any case, thank you for listening to this. Uh, you can listen to the A on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. If you listen to your podcast on a desktop, you can li- you can go on iTunes, click on the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for the A. For Android users, just go on the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com, and you can search for the A. The A was created by theater people for, for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook. You can find me at Reg Space Clay. You can find Norman G. at Hoosier Hoosier. And that's it. Thank you so much. And have a wonderful weekend. And we are out.